Hi, Jason Sarney here with the Fin Maniacs Podcast Network. And if you haven't tried Anchor, this is the way to do it on your own podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your very own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the midweek edition of the Coaches All-22 Breakdown with my co-host, Jay Fiedler. I'm Jason Sarney, and we have a couple of fun names that we're thinking about. We have some entrants already in the can. We're still going to let this contest materialize, and we're looking for a winner. So with that said, we have a great show. Jay, how you doing? I'm doing great this morning, Jason. How are you? I'm doing very well. I mean, come on, we're on a win streak. How could I not be great? The air is better. The food tastes better. What a exactly. time. Five in a row. We're looking for six this week, one game at a time. Exactly right. And there's a surprise at the end of this show, which will be fun. So there's your teaser over there. But we have a little throwback right now. Everyone remembers a nice touchdown by Jakeem Grant on Wednesday on Sunday against the Chargers. Now, Jay, you're going to bring a little bit information of something that we've all seen before. Oh. Big different target. But bring oh, us yes. back a little bit. Well, as you know, you know, Chan Gailey, the offensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins, uh, this is his second stint with Miami. His first stint uh, down in Miami was when I was there. Uh, he came in and uh, was the offensive coordinator my first year in Miami. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you know, you, you, uh, coaching evolves over time. And there are some times that plays are just so good that 20 years later, you can run them right back and still have success. So we're just going to go over this. Uh, we're going to start with the touchdown pass right here to Jakeem Grant. Uh, it was the first uh, drive for, for the Miami Dolphins uh, offense after, you know, the initial uh, uh, touchdown off of the turnover. Uh, the first extended drive, and Tua drove, drove him down into uh, into scoring position, and they dialed up this play right here, and we're just going to run it through and show Jakeem Grant on a little whip route. So as we go forward, you can see a little, okay, they got Parker coming in off the edge. He's going to clear out this inside linebacker, and if this safety isn't playing so deep, he'd probably be the first look. All right, but with this safety playing deep, right, not attacking down, okay, Devontae Parker's job right now is to get onto this linebacker here, clear him out, open up right, a little window for Grant to work in. And Grant's going to run a little whip route right, where he looks like he's running an out route and just spins back to the inside right in that open zone that was cleared out between Parker running through the middle and Grant extending this next defender, right, pushing him out, and then coming back into the window to a right on time. Great delivery. And you can see how big this window is right in here. This is very rare in the red zone to get a window that wide, okay, down in the inside the five-yard line, inside the 10-yard line uh, to, to deliver a strike and, and touchdown, okay? So 
great play, great play call, great execution by the receivers, and touchdown. Now, I'm just going to go back 20 years, all right, and I'm going to pull up a play that I ran. And when I saw this on Sunday, when I saw the, uh, the, the touchdown on Sunday, I said, wow, that looks very familiar. And I think longtime Dolphin fans will remember this play, and I remember, remember it very well. And this is from, as you can see, wild card, Dolphins versus Colts. This is the last time that the Miami Dolphins won a playoff game. And this is 17-10 with 30 seconds left in regulation. I had a little bit blurry on the screen here, but uh, that's the fourth quarter. We just drove down about 80-some-odd yards to put ourselves in position. And as we go forward, you're going to see the same exact play. Okay, you got a little right, trio of receivers coming here. We had Gadsden right, playing Parker's position right there on the inside clear out. You got Jed Weaver. Right, he's going to run the whip route. And then we have Rob Conrad coming in from the backfield. So we weren't in the same set. We weren't in an empty set like uh, the Dolphins ran this past Sunday. But we played it more, you know, from a standard uh, uh, offensive set. But the same exact play. You got a clear out here by Gadsden, opening up the window. You got a deep safety right in here. You got Conrad extending uh, into the flat and a big window for Jed Weaver to work into. And as we go forward, ball on target, touchdown, and we go into wow. overtime. Same exact play, 20 years later, different formation, okay, different personnel, okay, but. If you, if it has success in the NFL, okay, keep keep coming back to it until teams start to take it away. And Shane Gailey just dialing up that same play from 20 years ago. I'm sure he had it in his in his system even before that when he was in Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't have access to some of those old uh, films, of, you know, of him coaching up there. But uh, uh, again, he's bringing back an oldie but a goodie, and it still works. And again, if you got guys that can execute and have uh, uh, you know a, a trigger man that could deliver it on time, like Tua did, uh, you could score a lot of touchdowns off of that play. That was a beautiful play, and this will go back to that game, Jay. And of course, you know credit where credit is due. Of course, you know a lot of people look at that game and say, "Yeah, you know Lamar Smith won the game in overtime," but it doesn't get to overtime without your drive, without that play. You were seven of eleven for seventy-four yards. You rushed for fourteen. How about a one-handed catch by O.J. McDuffie? Two huge play. I think you got a Ronde Gaston involved on that drive. Yep. And uh, if you could take me back to what it felt like to get that team win in the playoffs against the Colts. Well, that, that was, you know, a tremendous win for us. Uh, again, it was, you know, for me personally and, and I am for the team, you know, it was a rough first half. Uh, you know, I think I was, I was really off, uh, you know, through three picks uh, early on in the game. Okay. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I've always focused on is, you know, having a short memory as a quarterback, moving on to the next play and being able to come up big for your teammates in pressure and clutch situations. And, uh, you know, there was nothing more pressure, uh, you know, there's no more uh, clutch situation than having the ball down seven points with a couple minutes left, uh, you know, having to drive your team all the way down, you know, 80 plus yards 
to score the uh, game tying touchdown. And then, you know, eventually uh, we ended up uh, winning that in overtime. And, you know, Lamar Smith, like you said, tremendous game overall. Uh, you know, he carried us on, on his back for, for a good portion of the game. But when we needed some plays uh, in the passing game, you know, it was time to deliver. OJ came up big, like you said, uh, big one-handed catch uh, to the left side. Aranda had a couple big plays as well, and uh, and Jed Weaver with the touchdown, uh, you know, to, to tie the game up. Now, timing in life and in a Chan Gailey offense is everything, as you know, and as Tua is showing. Speaking of timing, today happens to be a great fun day for a lot of Dolphin fans. There happens to be a virtual poker tournament, and I'm going to do my, my best Chris Berman here because the game that you were talking about he remembers because he was there. Seth Levitt, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I mean, I am honored. I, I don't know. It took so long to get this invitation. I feel like I kind of helped bridge this marriage here. No, it's great to be here. I don't know that we've had this many Jews together, Jay, since one of your press conferences back in the days <laughs> with uh, <laughs> me, Harvey, you, and Neil. I love um, it. A few more and we got a minion going. That's it. That's what we need. Everything is great. Uh, I, I love what you guys are doing. I, I learn something every time I watch this. So um, it's really fun to watch these things, watch these games. It's fun because we're winning. And then, you know, there are moments where I'm like, I can't wait to hear what Jay has to say so I actually know what the heck happened there. So great work <laughs> with what you guys are doing. I appreciate you having me on. And I'm looking forward to playing some cards with you guys tonight. Absolutely, I'm Seth, and, and, and great job with you and Juice have put together with the fish tank as well. You know, uh, both Jason and I are, are big fans of, of the podcast. Uh, I, I had a great time being on with you as, as one of your guests, and, uh, you know, I, I've enjoyed, you know, watching all the other guests as well. I think, uh, yeah, Bob Baumhauer uh, uh, on right. recently uh, saw that one, uh, you know, tremendous uh, uh, episode. And I'm looking forward to who's who's next on the tank. I appreciate that. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun with it. It's been a blast, and, and it, you were so generous with your time, and it was great to get you on. We've had this run of receivers. OJ's kind of negotiated into his contract. We can't go more than two episodes without a receiver. So we had Camarillo, then AJ Duet, then we had to bring B Mar Brandon Marshall in, which was a fabulous episode, if you yes. haven't had a chance to listen to that one. Bob Hauer is, is the current episode. And, and I'll, uh, since you bring it up, uh, give Jason Sarney the exclusive, as he loves to have here. Our, um, we just had an amazing interview yesterday with Devon Bess. And so this Tuesday, Devon will be our guest. Um, Devon's story is absolutely incredible. Um, and, uh, and he was so gracious with his time and so honest and candid um, with his story and, and, and the ups and downs that he's faced in his career. And he was excited to share some of those things with Dolphin fans. So next Tuesday on the tank, Devon Best dives in. That is amazing. I appreciate that. Now, is there a correlation with, I believe he went to the University of Hawaii. So he did. we have that Tua connection recently. You're brilliant, Seth. <laughs> that was planned, right? That's a stretch. That is a little bit of a stretch. Uh, you know, University of Hawaii by way of Oakland. Um, but, uh, no, he, listen, it's a great episode. Devon had some, uh, you know, a, a tough road to get to college um, based on some things that went uh, sideways in his life. Uh, another thing that was really interesting is his high school coach was uh, John Beam, who a lot of folks got to see at Last Chance U. Uh, he's over at Laney College, and that was a fun season. Coach Bean is quite a character, and, and Coach Bean was instrumental in, in Devon's life 
just as, you know, Jay, the work that you all do at Brooklyn Camp, working with young people, um, inspiring them, not only teaching them the skills, which Devon certainly learned and had a great skill set, but, but the off the field, the life skills that were taught. And so, uh, you know, Devon talks about how, how sports became his father. Whatever sport he was playing in was, became his father. And, and I think that, uh, you know, while the circumstances might be different for some of your campers, that connection with sport and what they find with sport, um, you know, certainly resonates. So he was incredible. It was a great episode. And, and I think that all of us uh, certainly understand the value of uh, young, young boys and young girls who can find themselves through sport. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to watching that episode and, and hearing his story. And, you know, it's it's amazing. You know, the best coaches uh, that are out there are the ones that teach beyond the sport. Right. The ones that, uh, you know, take what you learn in the sport and translate that into, into life lessons. And the ones, you know, the, 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 the coaches that I remember the most that I had the, the, the best connection with were the ones that were able to uh, to, to coach on the field and uh, in, in general life as well. Makes sense. And that started with dad, right? That, that started with the, oh, the yes. best coach you ever had. For oh, sure. Yes, Kenny, Kenny Fiedler was, was one of the best of that. As, as, as you know, you know, the story with Anthony Mason, yes. uh, you know, he was, he was a guy that, uh, you know, was, was, was my dad basically was, uh, was his father figure for, for his lifetime. And, uh, you know, assumed that role and, and brought him in as, as a, a pseudo family member uh, with the Fiedler family, and uh, uh, you know Anthony was was coached up on the court by by Kenny, and uh, you know certainly was coached up off the court as well. That's that's incredible. That really is great. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. It was really uh, fun to to jump in here. I can't wait to see the episode, and I'm sure everybody who's watching is like, all right, get this clown off so we can uh, learn more about what happened in this game that we won. Um, but Jay, it, how about the fact? The Dolphins are six and three and have not been six and three through nine games since I don't know two thousand one. You know, yes. is that unbelievable? It's it's amazing. You know, I I mean I I laugh all the time. Or don't laugh all the time. I think I cry all the time when I <laughs> hear that uh, the Dolphins haven't won a playoff game since uh, since uh, I was there in two thousand. And uh, uh, you know, to the the fact that they haven't gotten this far into the season uh, with with a record like this. Uh, since 2001 is, is, is crazy to me, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a true testament to, uh, we talked about it on Monday, the, the job that Brian Flores has done and uh, uh, in, in creating that culture and, and with such a young team uh, and guys in, in, in a COVID uh, situation where, where coaching is limited, where, uh, you know, things are, are, are always against you, uh, you know, the, the job that he's done and his coaching staff has done to, you know, really have them rolling on all three phases right now uh, is, is, is such a great job. And, and we talked about it earlier, he's got to be, you know, up there as, as one of the top choices for coach of the year right now. I agree. I, I know he certainly has our votes here, but that's why we don't get any votes. You know, we might have a little bit of bias, <laughs> but I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and one other thing I have to bring up, I was seeing this incredible program that you have at Brookwood, not just on the field, but the, from the media side uh, and yeah. sports broadcasting, which I think is great. What about the PR guys, man? Not, not everybody's got to be in front of the camera. So, you know, I, if you need to teach them a little bit about some PR skills. We're going we're gonna to have to add that in. I, you know, I'm looking for a good guy to come in and, uh, and teach that program. You know anyone? 
Yeah, I do. Well, there's a there's a Brooklyn alum, Harvey, but you know, if you don't want to, <laughs> if you don't want to reach out to him, you know, you give me a call. I'd love to. I'd love to participate. I think it's spectacular what you guys are doing. Uh, looking forward to seeing you guys tonight for the the seventh edition of the All In for Literacy Virtual Poker Championship that my boss Jason Taylor hosts. We have a lot of fun. It's a $99 donation. I don't know where we came up with that number. We pulled it out of the air, but it's a $99 donation to the Jason Taylor Foundation to help young folks who are learning uh, literacy skills, po writing poetry, um, inspiring themselves through learning, not just through sport, but through learning and through through education and, and certainly through literacy skills. And um, we have a great time. We play on the Faded Spade flat platform, so we have a good time playing virtual poker. We jump in the Zoom. We love to talk trash to Sarney and uh, we'd to see which media member or, or former Dolphin's going to knock him out this week. And, and so, Sarney, here's the question. Jay's going to play tonight, but, you know, Jay's got a busy schedule. He might be a little bit late. The question is, under over on rebuys for you before Jay gets into the tournament. Earlier in the show, you said, yeah, I wonder what's taking me so long to invite you. <laughs> I gained negatively all over town. I got DMs blowing up by media. I think I'm getting literally pushed out of this community because of my poker. Now, nah, I'm just kidding. It's fantastic. And I am a pretty bad poker player. I'm not going to admit. So, two. Over-unders, too. I'm not going to even give you the hat. Over-unders, too. All right, well, we'll see how it goes. You can talk about it in, in the next uh, episode of your show. I'm going to get out of here because I want to hear more of what Jay has to say about how the Dolphins put this thing together. In all honesty, Seth, thank you so much. The education that you do from a PR standpoint, from a media standpoint, and just the fish tank is, is my grad school. It, it's literally bringing me back to memories that I've had watching players like OJ, of course, like Jay, like Ricky, like JT. But I don't know if you guys know exactly how old I am. I was not around in the 70s. I did not have the honor and pleasure of watching that team. But to hear a Bob Bumhauer, to hear all the stories, it's, it's a joy. So thanks for everything that you did. Yeah. Thanks for the time. And uh, I got you all right where I want you for the poker event. I'll be at that final table. I got you all Sounds right. Good. Sounds good. We'll see you guys tonight. Thanks again. Great job. Yeah, great to see you. Great what you guys are doing on the fish tank and also uh, what you and Jason doing with JT Foundation. We're looking forward to the poker game tonight. And uh, uh, anyone who is listening to this episode uh, before tonight at 630, you can still get in. Uh, tell Seth, tell them uh, uh, how they can find uh, uh, the opportunity to get into the uh, poker game tonight. I appreciate it, Jay. Yeah, so jasontaylorfoundation.org is the easiest way. Just jasontaylorfoundation.org should be a pop-up window. It'll take you right there, and you can you can uh, uh, sign up and, and get in there. You can buy an advance rebuy if you think you're going to get knocked out a little earlier than you want. We do have the rebuys. And if for whatever reason you, you don't want to jump on the website or you're just watching this on your, on your mobile device, certainly follow us at jtfoundation99. And that's on Instagram or Twitter. And, and you'll work your way in there. Just come out and find us. If not, just give Sarni a call. That works for me. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm here for you guys. This is fantastic. I appreciate everything. I'm like a kid in a candy store these days, Seth. Thanks so much for everything. Thanks, fellas. I'll see you tonight. Have a good one, Seth. You too. Take care. Bye. So now I know how Sean Jefferson felt when Zach Thomas hit him. I just get nailed all the time here, Jay. But I love it. This is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, we got we got to you know make you feel like you're in the game here. Oh, trust me, I do. JT, Terry Kirby, Dan Levitard, Israel Gutierrez, and Joy Taylor have all uh, taken my virtual money. But it's a pleasure. 
and I look forward to you doing the same tonight. So let's move on here and let's talk about some tape. Let's break this down here. Sure. What I'm going to talk about today, and we're going to go over uh, a few plays from this past week's game. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how Chan Gailey uh, really helps to set up Tua uh, and get him into his comfort zone. As, as, as Coach Gailey, as many fans have seen and, and uh, what you know, many people are realizing that Tua is really at his best when he's rolling to his left. Okay. And if Chan Gailey knows that, if the fans know that, then you can bet that the opposing coaches know that as well. So opposing coaches are going to start scheming up to limit his opportunities to get out on the edge. And he's made some great plays over the last couple of weeks, uh, especially, you know, finding uh, uh, Gesicki on, on the crossing routes uh, on those rollouts. Okay, but we're going to just dive in using the fish tank reference. We're going to dive in to a number of plays that Chan Gailey uh, uh, brought up. Number one, to help to get clear on the edge to his left side. And number two, uh, to capitalize on def defenses overplaying uh, to his rollout game. Okay, so we're going to start right here. First play, we just talked about it uh, a second ago. Two are rolling out to his left and finding Gesicki on the on the crossing uh, on a crossing route. Now it wasn't a true crossing route. He came from play side. Okay, but it was a deep uh, flag route that he found them on. This was one of the early big plays that uh, that the Dolphins made. They got two out on the edge. Uh, he looked into the flat first, uh, brought this defender up with him, saw this defender uh, attacking the, the uh, underneath uh, uh, player, and he sees a big window over the top, a uh, big void area that Kosicki uh, is running right into, makes a great read. Nice delivery, hits him on the sideline, big play right there. But as we go back and watch the end zone camera, we're going to see how Chan Gailey helps to set this up to get him clear on the edge. Because if he doesn't get a clean edge uh, to, to roll out and, and, and uh, uh, see the field ahead of him, he's not getting to Gesicki on that throw. Okay, So what we do here, uh, and you see this formation came up a lot this past game. It was one of the things that they tried to uh, uh, exploit a little bit. They actually brought an extra offensive lineman here on this play, but a lot of uh, the plays as we go forward throughout the game, they had three tight ends. So it was you know, really a, a goal line short yardage type personnel uh, in the game. You got a running back, extra lineman, two tight ends. And you see a huge unbalanced line over here. So you got center over here, guard, tackle, tight end, wing, and an extra wing right here. So they actually put an extra man uh, to extend that line out a little bit wider. And what that does is, you know, the, when they're playing defense, uh, the Chargers here, this defensive end can't play all the way out here to protect the edge for Tua. Okay, so... What they end up doing, and, and great scheme on the blocking scheme, is they're releasing Gesicki up in here, but the extra tight end on the outside is going to be your seal player. Okay, and watch him as okay the defensive end sees Tua start to roll out. Okay, he's going to see it, get out, and you get a seal right in here with an extra player sitting out wide. Okay, waiting. He's going to seal and then come and kind of float back out once he gets Tua out on the corner. 
Okay, he'll be kind of an outlet uh, player here. Okay, you got uh, running back in the flat, Ahmed in the in the flat. You got Gasicki, like we just said, running a little uh, flag route, and then you got Parker coming in on a crossing route from the backside. Okay, and Tua getting on the edge, sees Gasicki, and delivers the throw. But that play doesn't happen without Tua able to get out on the edge uh, like he did with great play call and great uh, uh, scheme and strategy uh, by Chan Gailey in the offense. Okay, I'm going to fast forward. And this is a play that we, uh, we talked about on Monday. Okay, this is the running play to Ahmed. And we talked about it a little bit on Monday. Watch how the play, the, the, uh, the fake after the handoff of Tua coming out on the edge opens up the running lane for Ahmed. Okay, so a few plays after, they just had a big gain on Tua rolling out. You got the Chargers defense saying, you know, let's not let this guy get out, get on the outside. Okay, and what you're going to see here, and you see a little bit better uh, on the end zone camera, uh, you got uh, a secondary player actually coming in on a blitz, and then you got a linebacker on the outside who's really got uh, a, a cutback support right here uh, for the defense. So he should be the guy that makes this play. But as you look forward, as you keep your eye right on this guy, watch what happens to him after Tua comes out hard off the, uh, off the handoff, faking the bootleg action. He takes a couple steps out, big open running lane, and you'll see it a little even better on the uh, end zone camera. If you keep your eyes on 44 right in here, okay, you got 23 coming off the edge. He's going to get sucked out, all right, but we also have a blocker for him. He's going to help get helped out by Tua uh, on his blocking angle coming out. And then we'll go back just a little bit here, go right off the mesh, okay? And coming off the mesh, just watch 44, what happens to him and how that opens up a running lane to go from what should be, you know, maybe a three, four-yard gain if this guy stays in position to make a play and turns into an 18-yard game for Ahmed. Two steps out, opens the run, the cutback lane, and Ahmed does a great job of finding that and coming right back into into make a play. Okay, that was such a big again. gap. Wow, such a telling hole that the defense had number 44 had to account for two because of the danger that he brings rolling out. That was five yards he got out of there. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And that's, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, the, the, the Dolphins offense has to keep exploiting. And, uh, you know, in order to help Tua get into his comfort zone, to get him on the edge, okay, they're going to have to keep coming back to plays like that to make sure that, to, to keep the defense honest uh, uh, and not overplaying that, uh, that bootleg action. Now here, okay, you're going to come back to a, to a full bootleg where Tua, we see this formation again, this overload formation. This time it's three tight ends, okay? One, two, three right in here. You got Parker's big big receiver on the backside in an ISO situation and the running back. So, again, it's a short yardage goal line personnel. Um, but out of, this, out of this personnel, they're trying to get Tua back on the edge again. Okay, this is a play as a bootleg that actually doesn't work, and the Chargers actually play it pretty well. But I'm going to show you what could have happened, okay, to help 
uh, you know, open this up as we keep going forward. Okay, a little bit different action, a little bit different blocking scheme uh, off of this. Okay, they actually released the outside tight end on on the on the on his route, so they didn't keep him in to seal. Okay, they kind of came in, motioned him in. Okay, he released, he released uh, in the route, and then third tight end right in here. He's the guy who's kind of helping the uh, to seal the edge here. Now we're hoping. Uh, as, as a coach, as an offensive coach, you're hoping that this action away is going to pull all these guys inside and allow Tua to get out on the edge, okay? But 42 actually does a, new, a nice job of playing it, seeing it, and he sheds and comes out. It doesn't allow Tua to really take his time, get on the edge, and, and scan the whole field. And what happens? Okay, he gets pressure in his face, has to throw it away, okay? Now... I think, you know, in the coaching room on Monday, I'm sure Coach Gailey and, uh, you know, is, is talking to two and saying, hey, you get pressure in your face, you got to look short, all right, right back here to your outlet player. And on a third and one situation, all you just, well, you, all you want is just a positive play out of it. And I think he had enough, uh, uh, enough time and enough room to come back and, and look for that, okay, but He's been conditioned now. He's had success getting out on the edge to look in the flat and look for that crossing route, okay? He's got to just get, uh, you know, his mindset a little bit if he gets more pressure quickly uh, in his face, okay, to keep his read on the short to short rather than, you know, looking for the uh, for the big home run hit. I like also he threw that ball where Shaquille O'Neal couldn't get it when he was throwing it out. <laughs> exactly. We talked about that a couple a couple weeks ago too, yes, in the Arizona game uh, where, you know, he played with fire just, you know, trying to uh, just throw it out of bounds. Uh, this time he threw it up into about the fourth row of, uh, of Section 208 over there. Give the kid a prize. Nothing wrong with that. Exactly, yep. Good, good play, good, uh, good decision. Okay, but again, you know, he had a chance to make, uh, you know, an even better play uh, there. Uh, they end up benefiting off uh, the, the offsides on, on uh, the field goal right after that. And then uh, the, the Jakeem Grant touchdown that we talked about earlier in the show uh, came right after that as well. This team is just taking advantage of, of those opportunities. A couple of years ago, they would have knocked another field goal in after that. But as you said, Jakeem got the touchdown, and that's just – goes back to the coaching and just the preparation and seems crossing the T's, dotting the I's, it seems. Yep, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're doing, you know, everything right. They're executing very well. And, uh, you know, the coordination between uh, position coaches, between uh, OC and DC uh, and the head coach, you know, doing a fantastic job of playing winning football and making sure that, uh, you know, everyone's uh, in a position to make a play. And that's all you ask for as a player is, you know, coaches just put me in a position to make a play and, and let us go out and execute. Uh, you know, and then here's another uh, a situation, another similar type action, okay, that uh, the offense is going to counter off of. Um, uh, you know, make it look like a boot, okay, so it's going to look similar, similar to the last play. We're going to have a, a play fake dive to the right side. Uh, two is going to start to boot out to the, out to his left, okay. But we're going to call this a waggle protection, okay. It's a waggle play that starts to look like a boot, all right. It start it it helps to get the the defense 
all right, flowing over to the strong side to defend that bootleg action, okay, and then there, uh, Changeli is going to dial up a little counterplay, okay, we're going to bring tight end back across the field, okay, starting to boot, set up in the pocket, and throw back, okay, to the other side, and as we go forward here, you see the same action right there. Right now, it looks to the defense like, you know, Tua can boot out, okay? And he's going to start uh, on his boot action. You see a couple defenders actually run out to this side, okay? But as they turn their back, okay, to get, to, to get into position to try and defend the bootleg, you have Gasicki actually sneaking across the field over here. Now, he had a chance to hit this. Uh, just missed the, the defender made it made a nice play I think two or threw it just a hair inside on him on this play that allowed the defender to make a play on it okay but again same action okay they that you're trying to to, to make the defense look like it's going to be a boot and then you flip back and throw it back to the backside okay where everyone's flowing this way okay and you're bringing receivers back. To the weak side away from where you where you're showing the boot action and that's a waggle play that you know most offenses uh have in their in their arsenal okay but something that i think you're going to see a lot of uh from the dolphins and, and tua because of you know how dangerous he gets when he rolls out to his left what i really like seeing and how you're breaking it down is you know you, i feel like when we're watching the regular games you don't really understand that the entire tight end room is really a major component of this offense all on the field together. It almost reminds me of what like the New England Patriots were doing like seven, eight, nine years ago, not just featuring Gronkowski. There were other people who would get in the mix. Shaheen, Smythe has caught touchdowns. Gusecki might not be the best blocker, but they're kind of hiding that and, and making this triple pronged approach that I don't think I've ever really seen in Miami. I mean, yeah. Well, look, you know, I think, I think a lot of that comes down to, uh, you know, your personnel options, uh, you know, number one, where you want to try and create uh, a, a, a positive one-on-one -on -one situations against the defense that you're playing, you know, maybe uh, the Chargers, you know, defensive safeties and linebackers aren't very good in coverage. So you want to, you know, get Kosicki uh, uh, more involved. Uh, on that number two, you know they've had a few injuries uh, at the receiver position. Okay, so they were they've been a little bit limited uh, with experienced receivers. So what do you do? You bring in an extra tight end. You let them get involved in the pass game. You also help, uh, you know, to to shore up your protection uh, uh, to allow Tua to operate in the pocket a little bit better. Always good to protect that quarterback with some extra bodies. So uh, I just think that they're doing everything right. They're just using smart, smart, very kind of, I don't want to say obvious, but I mean, they're not reinventing the wheel here, clearly, because you're explaining it to what you did, and it ran rather smooth. Yeah, well, look, the football, football is a game that, you know, is about matchups, uh, and, and it's about execution from the personnel. And, uh, you know, that's, ne that's never going to change, uh, you know, over – uh, you know, over years and decades, okay? There'll be some different schemes. There's, you know, a few different rules that, uh, you know, you, you, you try to exploit uh, in the passing game. You know, obviously now, uh, uh, you know, the passing game is a little bit easier to get the ball downfield. Uh, you have, you know, more, uh, 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 you have a lot more 
pass interference calls downfield. You have a lot less, uh, you know, ability for for defensive secondary guys to 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 uh, impede a receiver on his route. And you also have a lot a lot more protection rules for the quarterback, where you could get him in the pocket and uh, you know feel more comfortable that uh, if you get rid of the ball on time, you're not going to take you know those big hits. And that's extremely important with this team. Extremely. Yeah. So we're just going to go forward here and just see this throw. I mean, it had him open a little bit behind him on the throw. If you put that right out to the sideline, he had a big play on that, uh, you know, nice 15, 20-yard gain. Okay. We're actually going to move forward here past this play to third and two. Okay. And now this is going to be another play where, you know, similar to the run play that we saw, where Tua's action of getting out on the edge extends uh, the, 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 the seal guy on defense and opens up a hole back to the inside. Okay, so this is going to be a sprint out action where he's looking into the flat real quick, but what they end up doing, and uh, they motion so, uh, they motion Grant across, okay, and then they bring the tight end back underneath, okay, and a little shovel pass. So, again, uh, you're going to see them exploit this edge guy and make him start to, to question what he's doing, okay, whether he has to crash, whether he plays upfield and slow plays, or whether he gets hard on the edge to prevent Tua from getting to the outside. Okay, so as we go forward again, just watching, keeping an eye on that defensive player. He sees Tua get to the outside. He tries to extend out uh, to make a play on him, and it opens up a nice little running lane uh, on a shuffle pass to Smythe, getting it up inside underneath the defense. And if uh, so linebacker... You see a lot of different ways that Chan Gailey and the offense is working off of uh, uh, you know, to his biggest strength, and that it, you know is is uh, attacking the edge uh, to his strong, to his dominant side, to to the left side. And if the play went a little differently there, he didn't necessarily need to do the Smythe shovel pass. If fifty six kind of stayed home, he would have had a little little, little what would have would have been would have been to Grant going back the other way. He would have had a nice little dump off pass in the flat. Yeah, he had. Uh, it was actually yeah. Ahmed who was out in the flat exactly. Right. Okay, so, you know, this is, uh, you know, again, kind of a run-pass option. Okay, he's got a quick look right out here. And he actually had uh, Ahmed uh, open in the flat as well. Okay, but, you know, the design of this play is to extend this defensive end, go off of him. If he crashes in, he's going to continue on the move. He probably would have delivered it to, to Ahmed in the flat. Okay, but once he gets out on the, on the edge and prevents Tua from really getting a clean edge, uh, on the sprint out action, uh, it's an easy uh, uh, easy decision for him. Just look back inside, got Smythe, got Smythe uh, on the shovel, and good blocking right here by the offensive line. You got a nice little push out here and a nice seal uh, to, to get Smythe uh, up into the defense. Good positive yardage, okay, good, uh, you know, eight, nine-yard uh, gain off a simple shovel pass exploiting that defensive end. Options. Okay. Good to have options. Yes, it is. Okay, I'm just going to go all the way forward here on the last play. All right. 
back into the fourth quarter. And we're going to go back to another touchdown play. And another play back to Smythe. Okay. And this is, again, right, exploiting the overplay that the defense has, you know, when, when Tua starts to roll out to his left. Okay. So this is a run-action rollout similar to the way that they uh, they got two on the edge in that first uh, uh, play that we uh, that, that we showed you the deep pass to, to Gasicki on the uh, on the flag route okay but now he's gonna continue rolling out on the edge you're gonna get the whole defense trying to flow all the way here and Smythe does an excellent job of just getting himself small and hiding behind that offensive line, sneaking out to the backside, and it creates a nice, easy throw and catch touchdown on the backside. And you'll see here as uh, we go into the end zone copy, okay, their defense is in a man-to-man -man situation right now, okay? So they should have everyone accounted for. Uh, you got a player coming uh, here, I think it was 24, okay? He's actually following Smythe on, the, uh, uh, on his motion he should be sticking with them, okay? But his eyes start to get conditioned and looks in the backfield, whether he looked at the run coming at him, run play coming at him, or if he looked at Tua continuing on into, into his rollout, okay, he got stuck and just lost the player. He's looking to the outside. His guy is wide open and on the backside. A great job both by the offense with the play action, right, as well as uh Smythe just getting himself small, making it look like he's uh, in a blocking situation and sneaking out to the backside. I'll tell you, this this is an offense that's looking where in a shrunken area of the field in inside the five, inside the ten. Look at the space this offense is creating. It's, he's almost making it easy for those matchups and those huge gaps of field. So very encouraging. Yep. Uh yeah, I like it. I I really like what I'm seeing uh, uh how this offense is developing. Uh, how uh, uh, Chan Gailey is getting more comfortable with Tua in there and expanding the offense, uh, 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 playing to his strengths. And then, as we just showed you, combating and, and, and uh, coming off of his strengths to exploit the defense over overplaying his strength as well. So, you know, what I, what I think we're going to see uh, going forward is, is more of the same uh, trying to get two out on the edge because that's where he is most comfortable getting him out on the edge to the left side. I'd like to see them, you know, counteraction a little bit more and get him a, a couple plays rolling out to his right side to, to his uh, weak side, uh, you know, just to keep the defense a little bit more honest so they're not overplaying everything uh, going out to the left. You know, I think uh, defenses are going to start to uh, you know, blitz him off of his his strong side and and uh, and play off the edge to his strong side. Uh, you know, the, to to try and limit his ability to number one get out on the edge on on a design play or number two, you know, get out. Uh, you know, on, on a uh, uh, you know on a non-design play on, on a play that uh, he improvises on. You know, most of the time when he does escape the pocket and get out on the edge and make plays. It's when he escapes and, and goes out to his left side. So, uh, uh, you know, I think defenses are going to start keying on that. He's got three games under his belt right now. He's got three games on film. So 
defensive coaches are going to start to see a little bit more and understand a little bit more what Chan Gailey's trying to do and what, uh, you know, Tua is most comfortable with. So, you know, both of them are going to have to start uh, uh, counteracting uh, what the defenses are going to bring at them with certain plays that we just showed you in that uh, the, in that series of, of plays. Uh, you know, ways that you could counteract the defense overplaying uh, the, the uh, edge rollout and bootleg, and then also coming up with new plays uh, uh, beyond that as well. You've been noticing that, and you've been wanting to see that uh, last couple of shows, that counteraction to the right. It'll be interesting to see how they develop. It's almost like, you know, a lefty fighter turns into a righty fight, like Rocky. He learns how to hit the other way or jab the other way, and, and if Tua could become that total package, oh boy. Yeah, well, look, uh, you know, two is really comfortable throwing to his left. And I, you know, I, I look back, actually, uh, tried to look back at some uh, Alabama highlights uh, even uh, this week and, and some of his other, uh, you know, some of the previous games. And it's hard to find uh, him rolling out to his right side and, and, and making throws. Um, you know, uh, there, there was the one throw that he escaped uh, in this in this game where he made a great job escaping the rush, uh, avoided a sack, and then rolled out to his right and missed Grant, uh, you know, down near the end, near the end zone. Uh, and and you know, my first inclination when I when I saw that and when I when I watched that uh, and how he missed the throw, okay, was you know maybe he doesn't have uh, you know full mobility in his hips yet. You know, he's coming off a, a, a huge hip surgery. Uh, you know, where you know he has the strength there right now because uh, he's playing. He's, his legs are strong. There's no doubt about that. He's, he's been running, running very well. He's been, uh, uh, you know, even on that play, uh, you know, he, he had a strong base. He avoided the, the, the sack, uh, got out of it, and, and was able to, to get rid of the ball, okay? But being able to, to throw to his right, takes a lot of torque in that uh, in that core and that hip uh, uh, section. So, uh, you know, it, it's speculation on my part that maybe he's not fully uh, uh, mobile, uh, rotating his hips and, and, and with full flexibility off the injury. Or, you know, maybe that's just something that, uh, you know, he just needs to continue working on uh, because you really don't see it a whole lot uh, in, in his highlights and his games of him rolling out to the right side and, 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 and throwing the ball. So, uh, you know, that's something I think he could, you know, continue to work on and develop, uh, and it'll just expand, uh, you know, what he's able to do and what Chan uh, Gailey's able to do in, in calling plays and, and, uh, you know, limiting the way that the ways that defenses can start attacking him. I think it makes a, an excellent point, the torque and what that does. So maybe we're seeing a two who hasn't necessarily <laughs> let it loose yet. And maybe that's a good thing that it's kind of going to maybe come as the hip gets 100%. I'll take 96% or whatever, whatever it is right now. But, Jay, this was a really fantastic show. And I know we have you know, great things coming up. So we will be talking tonight in the virtual poker room. So if you have anything to wrap up this uh, edition of the show, this will be uh, – a fun little way to go on into week 11 against the Broncos. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to another big game. Uh, uh, going to Denver uh, brings back some, some good and, and bad memories for me. Uh, you know, we had, we had a tremendous game going out to Denver in, in the 2002 season, I think it was. Uh, uh, you know, we were really on a roll that year, and uh, uh, we went out to Denver in, in a Sunday night game. 
had a, uh, a, a huge, again, come, come from behind victory, uh, Lindo Mari uh, tying, uh, winning the game uh, on, a, on a long 50-yard field goal, 50-plus-yard field goal uh, to win the game right as, as time expired. And uh, uh, unfortunately, in that game, I also broke my thumb and uh, uh, was out for the next uh, four or five weeks uh, in that season. And, uh, uh, you know, but uh, again, it was a tremendous victory that we had in Denver. Uh, hopefully the Dolphins have the same success on the field and, and are able to come out of that game unscathed, uh, uh, you know, without any, uh, uh, without losing any guys uh, uh, going forward. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the Dolphins seven and three next week against the deep, uh, against the Denver Broncos. Uh, one game at a time, like we always say. Let's go get them this week. Oh, seven and three. That potential just sounds tremendous. But, Jay, thanks as always. Great show. And thanks to everyone, as always, for listening to the show and going on Fin Maniacs. And for Jay Fiedler, Jason Sarney, thank you to Seth Levitt very much, too, for joining us. Fins up, everybody. Listen, here's the thing. If you can't spot the sucker in your first half hour in the Zoom breakout room, then you are the sucker. It's like any other donation. You don't gamble, you mingle. Your goal is to schmooze with one former dolphin and out. That's it. Get your conversation points in when you're spoken to, keep your mouth shut when you're not. That's how I played my way through half a year of JT Foundation all-in virtual poker tournament events with former Miami Dolphins and South Florida media personalities. A true grind. See, I learned how to schmooze a little at a time. But finally, I've learned this. If you're too careful and you don't schmooze, your whole life could become a freaking grind. Just logging in here makes me queasy. The virtual backgrounds, JT's cigar smoke, the veteran dolphins scattered across the table, that musty smell. I feel like Jason Cole covering training camp back in St. Thomas. But what choice do I have? It's for the kids.